Hello and welcome to BakaCast for the week of December 7th, 2017. I'm your host, Dustin, and with me today is Larry. Hello. Ben. Yo. And Aaron, who, uh, while he hasn't watched any anime in the past couple months, is here to join us for the next season preview. Um, as usual, you can find show notes at www.projecttarhi.net or, or at www.audioentropy.com. And yeah, let's go ahead and start with the season preview uh, going from alphabetical order as listed on anachart.net. Yep. Uh, we have Basilisk, Oka Ninpocho. Whatever that means, let's find the uh, translation. Uh, oh, I know, oh. I know what that one is. It's because, all right, way back, like over ten years. I, ago, I mean, I recall hearing about basilisk, but I can't remember what it is. Yeah, it's a two thousand five. Yes, it's so. It's basically Romeo and Juliet with ninjas. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> o- only really, really bad. Okay, well. It, gotcha. It had its moments. Um, it, it also had really, really bad moments. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically about these like two clans of ninjas, and like there's a boy from one clan and a girl from another clan who are in love, but their clans are fighting each other, and the fighting is being uh, actually orchestrated by the orchestrated by the shogunate government. So yeah. Anyway, so it's like a historical action fantasy point is is at the end they all die yes yeah yeah over the course <laughs> of, over the course of the series like the like the members of the clan like the these ninjas like fight each other and kill each other off and until it's just like it's just the boy and the girl and it's like and then they they both like commit suicide oh so, okay yeah, yeah so so you think you'd figure that was a pretty conclusive ending oh uh, yeah so it's like now clearly they're, they're so Romeo and Juliet two, <laughs> but so now they're doing. So now they're guess. I guess they're doing a sequel. I don't know how they're going to follow that one up. Um, I don't. Well, it's it's supposed to be set ten years after, but like of all the shows that I would ever have thought would get a sequel, Basilisk is not one of them ever <laughs> on the list, even remotely. <laughs> yeah. It it. it, it, it it kind of feels like that movie that was titled Hamlet 2, which was mainly, like, the premise of it was how dumb it would be to make a sequel to Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, because by the end of the original Basilisk, both of, like, these clans of ninjas had completely wiped each other out. Yeah, so I think we're probably not going to bother with this. <laughs> but I'll think? probably watch the first episode just to see, like, like what they're doing. Yeah, everyone's a zombie now. They're all zombie ninjas. Well, you know, Aaron's got to watch the first episode pretty much of everything. No. Just stuff that's really weird. I checked to see if there was a PV, but there's, there's like, the trailer's only, like, 15 seconds, so you really have no idea what he's doing. Blink. It's just... And it's not even really much of anything. It's just a few characters standing around looking stern. Uh... Moving on, there's Beatless, which, okay, so this is apparently a story about androids 
that are commercialized and the main character and his friends are kids that hate the androids but then like some androids some of the androids go crazy but then one other android saves their lives according to the synopsis here on on Anna chart i watched um, the preview i wasn't impressed oh there was a preview episode there, there's a pre well no there's a preview in the uh if you click the Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, like it's it's yeah. There's like a one minute trailer, but also I have literally no idea. Uh, uh, I what I saw was what I saw from the from the album art uh, is one thing, but what is on the preview is a completely totally different thing. Yeah, the album art makes this show look a lot cooler than the trailer does. I will be honest. Um, <laughs> in fact, that looks like a modified Ob pursuit vessel in the background, but we're not going to go there. But yeah, who knows? Like, it, it could be good. It could also be horrible or just kind of boring. Like, it's impossible to really tell. Yeah, yeah being it might be worth is, an episode. It's kind of somewhat famous, but uh, but we'll see. Uh, apparently, based off a novel, at least from what I'm showing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so based off an auto, there's also a manga. <clears throat> It'll be interesting to see, like, it's got to only be 12 episodes, because there's only one volume of the novel. <coughs> and two uh, volumes of the manga, so. Yeah. Or, or yeah, we're going to have a whole bunch of anime original stuff again. <laughs> or the pacing, or the, I think uh, what's, what's going to happen is the pacing is going to be dragged to hell. Ah. Uh, that's just as bad as anime original. Okay, moving right along. Yeah. So, hey, speaking of sequels that I never thought I'd ever see, Card Captor Sakura, Car- Clear Card Hen. Yeah, they they uh, Clamp actually started writing started writing a sequel manga, and now they're adapting it. Go them. Yeah, she's in high school now. She's no longer an elementary school student, so she gets to join the ranks of literally every other. An anime protagonist. Yay! <laughs> uh, that said, you know, you know, I will be watching this because it's Card Captor Sakura, and we'll actually be having a guest reviewer on for uh, the Card Captor reviews because um, uh, I'm going to have Emerald from uh, from Audio Entropy join us uh, because she's a huge Card Captor fan. I read the manga, and I re- I read the original manga, and really enjoyed it. And I read a few yeah. chapters of uh, Clear Card, the Clear Card manga. They were pretty good. Yeah. So once Clear Card starts up, I'm planning on having it be the first thing we review, and then we'll have Emerald join us for those. So it should be pretty fun. Okay. Hey. Looking forward to that. Does that mean I got to watch it, or can I kind of just sit back and listen? I mean, you you don't have to. Well, see, but the, also the, the, I the feel ro- like it's something you would enjoy because Card Captor is generally a very like sort of Okay, light and fluffy kind of show. Well, I remember <laughs> from the past uh, another member of the tribe sitting of glued in front of the tube watching it, and it's like, well, it kind of <laughs> sort of looks kind of sort of. Now, if she was here, it, yeah, then you'd have two sheets, but she's not here, right? Yeah. Now. Uh, moving on to the next one, Citrus. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> 
add another Which, one to uh, to never get. I never thought it would ever get ad- adapted. Yeah, and uh, also I haven't read the manga myself, but it's apparently in the subset of Yuri manga that Yuri fans, well, at least the one Yuri fans I know, would be like, "It's the monkey's paw." It's like, please adapt more Yuri manga. Wait, not this one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree with that. <laughs> Yes, because it's got Yuri with stepsisters. Yeah, <laughs> they so can't that's... be real sisters. Okay, it's yeah, it's that fine. They're not blood doesn't... related. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I've read, I've okay. read, I've read quite a bit of the manga, and it's it's problematic. Yeah, so we're not gonna be watching that. Like. <laughs> Like as as much as we want to see more, like more explicit Yuri stuff, this is not the way to do it, guys. Um, next up is uh, oh god, a Dame X print, Dame Cross Prince anime caravan, adaptation of the smartphone game. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> Remember, <laughs> Rage of Bahamut was also a game. Yeah, but also the second half of Rage of Bahamut Virgin Soul was a trash fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Kimono Friends was a smartphone game. Yeah. Well, see, I guess, like... see that's the thing. That's, uh, actually, there was a really interesting YouTube video uh, by this guy, the Pedantic Romantic, uh, where he talked about the trend of uh, smartphone game adaptations. Yeah, like... I know there there are exceptions uh, to smartphone adaptations are always garbage, but also it's not it's it's not to a high enough ratio yet where I want to be the guinea pig. I'll check it out later if people are like, no, I swear this is actually one of the good ones. Uh, also, it's a reverse harem. Yeah, just harem in general. Like, combine that with smartphone game adaptation. Very low chance that it's going to be good. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> let's move on to the next one, which is something we will absolutely be watching. Uh, Darling and the Franks. I'm not <laughs> actually sure how to pronounce that last I'm word. Just gonna, I'm just going to say Franks, because... Darling and the Fran double X? I don't know. It's a joint project with Trigger and A1 that's a mech very pretty looking mecha series yeah i'm always on board to see what trigger's gonna do next oh god this trailer is three minutes i can't possibly watch that (laughs) i never watched the trailer i never watched the trailers but yeah uh story set in the distant future the land is ruined and humanity establishes the mobile fort city plantation pilots produced inside plantation live inside mistil uh mistil tine also known as the bird cage Children live there knowing nothing of the outside world or the freedom of the sky. Their lives consist of battling to carry out missions. Their enemies are mysterious giant life forms known as Kyoryu, and the children pilot robots called Franks to face off against them. For the children, riding the Franks proves their existence. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the setup is, you know, we've sort of seen variations of this before, but... Yeah, I was going to uh, say, that is... sounds really, really familiar. Yeah, but also if there is a studio that is capable of taking fairly well-worn material and making something cool out of it, 
its trigger. So I have fairly high hopes. Um, I mean, at the very least, let's hope it's better than. Oh God, what was Trigger's previous project? The one with the people oh, who their pre learned, no their their previous learned project, the value of friendship. Their previous project that. was Little Witch Academia. Okay, right before but the Witch. one before that was Kisniver. Yeah, which, Kis oh God, that show was dumb. <laughs> um. Well, uh, I didn't actually. I didn't actually finish it. Like I think I watched up to well, four episodes, and I was like, I don't care. And anymore. running simultaneous with running simultaneously with Kisniver was Space Patrol Lulico, which was great. Right. That's that was the actual good one they were making, and I totally kept forgetting to watch it. You need so, to watch well, that one of these years. The episodes are yeah. short, so you won't be they won't take much time to catch up on it. Right. Yeah. I should. <clears> yeah. I should just do that at some point. Alright, next up is uh, an anime from Silverlink. Hey, uh, hey Dustin. Death... D Dustin, well. it's, it's time to take a shot. Yeah. What's uh, that guy? Yeah. Yeah, here's, it even has Isekai in the title. Let me see. Death March Kara Hajimaru Isekai Kyoso Kyoku, a.k.a. Death March to the Parallel, Parallel World Rhapsody. I have, read, guess... I have read the manga for this. And... and guess what the premise is? A 29-year-old programmer, take a shot. Wakes up Gets in run over world. by a car? Oh. Take a shot. Yeah, yeah. So begins his heartwarming, occasionally serious, and harem, take a shot, adventure in another world. Two shots. All right. Great. Cool. Boo. I, yeah. I don't care. Pretty typical. But I'm a, suck uh, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for isekai stories. I mean, it probably won't be terrible, but it probably also won't be at all worth my time. No, so. no, it, it's completely generic. Like, like you said, it's not like offensive, but it it just it doesn't stand out or do anything great. Yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of like, like it's kind of like when Luke and I watched the smartphone is a guy. We're like, you know, this isn't bad, but also I'm not sure why you'd spend your time with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's 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 for it, yes, it's an anime for people who have a lot of spare time. True. Uh, next up is uh, one that Aaron and I will definitely be watching. Fate Extra Last Encore from Shaft of All Studios. Hey, I'm always on board for some Fate stuff. I, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, and also this one contains <laughs> uh, one of my favorite servants, Nero. I'm still pissed off that they're using Nero and not Tomiko. Oh yeah, that's right. This is the, this is the dilemma, is that I really like Nero... Uh, she's my favorite, but Aaron's favorite from the is from the same game as Tamako. I think so. Yeah, who is Something the? Like she's not actually a cat. She pretends to be a cat, right? No, she's a fox girl, basically. Fo yeah, she's a fox girl who also sometimes pretends to be a cat girl. Oh, it, it, Tama no. <laughs> Tama no, right? Also, I'm also <laughs> I'm also I just watched the trailer and I'm disappointed that they uh, are going with a uh, male protagonist as the. As the master, it's like, come well, on, I mean, man. Yeah, they had to get some sort of self-insert. Look, come on, Shaft. Use the female protagonist. Oh, I want Tomino with the female protagonist. That would be great. I mean, look, Nero's pretty good with the female protagonist too. That's true. <laughs> she, she's like, yeah, I, I, I don't care about gender. Yeah. I think Tomino anyway. does the same thing. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. I never did finish my playthrough of Fate Extra, part mostly because that game is 
not very good. Like, it's interesting, but not very good. Yeah, the gameplay isn't great. <laughs> and it's really, really repetitive. Yeah, so hopefully uh, hopefully, it's watching an anime form will be a little better. I feel so. like it'd be a really good game to run on an emulator so that you can speed up the battles or hack it so you can skip the battles. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, just do instant wins. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, um, I'm looking forward to a bunch of head tilts, but with servants this time. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm surprised there wasn't one in the the preview. Yeah, I'm shocked. I'm, I'm they're, disappointed they're saving in the shaft. Yeah, I mean they're saving it. They don't want to break out the head tilts so soon. Um, moving on to a show called Gakuen Babysitters. The manga centers on the brothers Ryuichi and Kotaro Kashima. Uh, Kashima. Ryuichi is in high school and Kotaro is a, still a toddler. After their parents are killed in a plane crash, the two brothers find themselves living with the chairwoman of the Morinomiya Academy, who herself lost her son and daughter-in-law in the same accident. The chairwoman, however, has one stipulation for the brothers in order to live with her. Ryuichi has to work at the Academy's daycare center as a babysitter. Bark, bark. This is one of those that it's it's one of those like really innocuous premises that can sometimes lead to actually surprisingly good comedy shows, but also could just be super boring. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's it, it's one of those things that's a shojo with a male protagonist, which is a little offbeat, but you know, you never know. It could be interesting. Also, it still bugs me how a lot of times when anime draws toddlers, and it seems to be the case with this, is that they'll just, like, draw, like, a chibi head mm-hmm. and then be like, all right, this is what a toddler looks right, like, right? <laughs> Close it's enough. basically just a normal person, but in chibi form. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, who knows, man? Well, and there's, I, I just looked at the preview, and it's like, um, okay. I, yeah, I mean, it could it could be decent in uh, terms of like a comedy show, but also I'm not super interested in it. No, no like I'm, if, I'm doing I'm doing real life babysitting. That's close yeah. enough. Like if if I hear people saying, "Oh, this is super good," then I'll probably watch it. But like if it's just okay or worse, I'm probably not going to waste my time. Wolf, wolf. Uh, next thing is Gin No Guardian Two. Did. Do any of us even watch Gindo Guardian? I watched two episodes and gave up. Gotcha. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, Grand Crest Senki. The series uh, takes place on a continent ruled by chaos. Chaos North wreaks America? disaster, but the lords of the continent have the power of Crest, Holy Seal, that can calm the chaos and protect the people. However, before anyone realizes it, the rulers cast aside their creed of purifying the chaos and instead start to fight each other for each other's crest and to gain dominion over one another. Silica, uh, <laughs> an isolated mage who scorns the lords for abandoning their creed and a wandering knight named Theo, who is on a journey to train to one day liberate his hometown, which is under tyrannical rule, make an everlasting oath to each other as master and servant and work together to reform this continent dominated by wars and chaos. Is this just like a fantasy Sengoku show? Uh, it's it's kind of weird. Like I read the manga, 
and it seems okay, but nothing really stands out. It feels very, very game-like. I, it, it does sound very video gamey. Um, uh, at least, at least the female character design isn't embarrassing. No, like, that's no, she, she's actually she a pretty actually, good she, female character too. Yeah, she actually looks like uh, a girl and not a girl. Oh man, when they show the crest in the preview image, that is like tales of as hell. Yes. Oh, that's right. It really does remind me of a tales game. Okay. Yeah, like oh. all these designs seem very tales esque. I will um, give it a try. Yeah, I mean it's it's worth a shot. Um, you know, so we'll see. But also, these fantasy series have a tendency of being just kind of like generic and okay. Yawn. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. Grand Kasenki is basically that. It's quite a bit generic. Alright, uh, next up is Hakata Tonkotsu Ramens. At first glance, the city of Fukuoka seems like a peaceful one, but under the surface, crime is running rampant. The city's Hakata ward is home to the professionals of the underworld. Professional killers, detectives, informants, professional revenge seekers, those skilled in torture, and more. And according to urban legend, a killer of professional killers has shown up in the city. The, a PKK, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, from the description, I was like, huh, this sounds like Black Lagoon a bit. And then I watched the trailer, and I was just like, oh, okay, it's nothing like Black Lagoon. Yeah, I, I'm watching it right now. Um, and it sounds like an interesting premise. Uh but yeah, it's the sort of thing that really relies heavily on the execution of said idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> it's something where we're definitely going to have to watch an episode or two to actually know whether it's worth watching or not. That's always the case. It always comes down to the execution. Yeah, but like with with a lot of these premises, you can already tell like, okay, I am not going to enjoy what they are doing here. Um, with this, like, it actually sounds you know pretty interesting, but. Also, there have been plenty of shows like it that are bad. <laughs> um, that said, it is by... Let's see, what's the staff here? Original story, Chiaki Kisaki. Alright, this is his only role. Is this an original show? Not an adaptation of anything? Uh, like it. It says, oh it no, says adaptation a of a light novel. Okay. Yes, man... That that makes it even more curious. On on like on the on the bright side, it's it's at least slightly more promising than other light novels simply because it's a light novel title that doesn't literally tell us everything that happens. So it's got some artistry to the title. <laughs> uh, uh, also from Satellite Studios. So yeah, who knows, man. Next up is Hakume Tomichi, uh, Mikochi. Nine centimeters, nine centimeters tall, the tiny girls Hakume and Mikochi live in the forest, living in a tiny house in a tree, riding insects and birds and making umbrellas out of leaves. These tiny girls live a tiny life. Follow their tiny but lovely lives as they live their day, day to day in a fantastic world of tiny people and gods. How many, words, how many times can you use the word tiny in that synopsis, guys? Come on. Uh, just in case you didn't notice it. Well, open up a thesaurus. We could have used, used petite, too. Yeah. Or yeah. Small. 
This this little, looks like, kind of cute, but yeah, I don't think it'll last. It, this is not Girls' Last Tour of the Forest, but it could be. Yeah, yeah, it kind of <laughs> feels like that, but not as yeah. sad and depressing. <laughs> yeah, it, it might be like a nice unwind, unwinding show. Who knows? Yeah. Yes, a nice healing show. Yes, healing slice of life. Um, next up is uh, oh gosh, a uh, ha- Hakyu Hoshin Engi. New anime adaptation of the Hoshinangi manga with a different voice cast. Okay, so a reboot of a, I guess, classic old, uh, classic old manga. Uh, thousands of years ago, it was a time of witchcraft and dark magic, and evil sorceress has bewitched the emperor of the mighty dynasty, and he has become a mindless puppet. The country is in shambles, and evil spirits lurk everywhere. The human world is on the verge of utter destruction. A bold mission is planned by the Confederation of the Immortal Masters. They send a young master wizard to to hunt. <laughs> there's a typo there, Amen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to to hung hung. down. I don't think that's a. They sent. They sent a hung mas- young master. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they sent a young master wizard to hunt down the villain and evil warlocks in the devastated lands. Uh, so yeah, how old is that manga? Oh, 1996. So yeah, that's a while ago. Which means it could be good. Yeah, actually, I have we have found that generally, if they're making an adaptation of an old ass manga, it's probably because it's actually good. <laughs> oh man, the character designs. Okay, I changed my mind. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the preview. Alright, I'm skipping the preview. I never yeah, watch I, mean, I never watch previews. Yeah, no, previews you just watch for, them you, you just watch them all. I'm watching previews is for suckers. I I mean like, yes, the character designs are very like Yu Yu Haku show but up resed. Yeah. But like uh, that's fine. Like I don't know. The, the main character's face. It's it's weird looking. Oh, this is a long list. It feels okay. a little out of. I think I think I know what it is because his his facial features look out of proportion compared to his head size. Yes. That, that's I, that's weird. Anyway, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll try it out. Uchi Tortora was good. Yes. Yes, it was. So. Uh, who, uh, then Hug... How am I supposed to pronounce this? Hugto Precure? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, it's... the 15th Precure series. Yeah, it's, I like how that's the only description. It's the 15th one, probably because and... at this point, it's like, it's pure, it's Precure, you know what you're getting into. Well, take a look at the airing date and don't worry about it. February 2018. Okay, got it. Right. Moving right along. <clears throat> Yeah, to another one we'll be skipping, Idolish 7, which is another idol series, but with dudes. Uh, which, so. which, is even, which means it's even more pointless than your usual idol series. Seven I mean, guys? Yeah. yeah. Um, of course, never mind. I won't go on there. It, Honestly, if I was going to get into any sort of idol series at this point, it would be Love Live, because uh, mostly because Fabulous Blue just goes insane for that show. Yep. Um, and it actually looks kind of funny, but also I, I'm probably never going to watch an idol show. Yeah, Bang Dream wasn't bad either. 
Uh, next up is from Studio Dean, Ito Junji Collection. Stories from both the 11-volume Ito Junji Kesaku Shu series and the Fragments of Horror book will be adapted. So, interesting. Ep- episodic, should... horror story. episodic horror stories. This should yeah, be pretty I'm, good. I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah, especially because Junji Ito is super good. Mm-hmm. Never read any of his stuff. Oh really? I'm actually surprised by that. Like I might. Like he's he's made some of the most like uh he's made some of the most like famous horror manga in existence. Like Yeah, horror manga is not spiral. Uh yeah, but if that's if that's what's going on then I might uh do the Yeah, yeah, you won't like this, Larry. Yeah, yeah, yo with the walking sharks. Yeah. Oh, I'm just yeah, looking at the like adaptation of flesh color horror. Uh, da, da, da. No, no, no. I think we'll. Uh, I think I'll go back to the little people in the trees. Yeah, yeah. Junji does a lot of body horror and stuff like that. It's <laughs> it's rough. It is rough stuff. All right, um, moving moving along. I don't read a lot of horror, so. Uh, all right. Anyway, next up is oh, I just lost my place. Karakai um, Jozo no Takagi-san. Thank you. Uh, if you blush, you lose. Living by this principle, the middle schooler Nishikata gets constantly made fun of by his seat neighbor T- Takagi-san. With his pride shattered to pieces, he vows to turn the tables and get back at her someday. And so he attempts to tease her day after day, only to find himself victim to Takagi-san's ridicule again sooner than later. Will he be able to make Takagi-san blush from embarrassment even once in the air? In the end, this sounds very dumb. Um, it's it's pretty cute, actually, and pretty Scamp, funny. Scamp oh, really? has said uh, Scamp has said good things about it. He said it reminded him of uh, Tenari no Sekikun, which I loved. Oh, okay, that's that's shocking because they seem like completely different shows. But okay, yeah, I, I'd at least give this an episode watch. All right, yeah, huh. yeah, seeing. Uh... Seeing who the uh, parts of the staff are, yeah, I could go into part of that. Yeah, in fact, I think actually it's the same studio that did uh, Tenari no Saki-kun. Interesting. Okay. Oh, Shine Animation. Yep. Um, yeah, it is. Wow, they've done a lot of Doraemon. Good lord. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, next up is Killing Bites, so the furry, the furry show one, of the season. A, another one from the list of, holy crap, I never would have thought this has been ad- adapted. Uh, yeah, I actually, the parts of the manga that I read, I actually liked. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like it too, well, but I haven't read that far. Well, because what's interesting about it is the, basically the way that, is the author basically totally geeks out over animal biology um so he's like so he actually like talks about like these like these characters in terms of like because they're like you know human animal hybrids who fight in like a you know who fight in like like these various battles uh and and so it like gets into detail about like the biological are, characteristics of each of the animals. Are these battles held by Michael Vick? No, although well, that's amusing. Uh, yeah, boy, but, well, there. the people, uh, the people, yes, the people who hold, the people who who hold these battles are 
about as douchey as that. So okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, it sounds interesting. Also, like I have to give them credit for like we've had a lot of Monster Girl shows lately, and this show goes a lot more hard with the like no these girls are actually like hybrids than other monster girl shows we've seen like yeah they, they are they, monster they, girls rather than girl monsters yeah this the show commits from yeah. what i see from just the bunny design wait yeah. why why honey, is the preview focusing on the bunny honey that's a good question the main character the main character is the honey badger girl and she is yeah. badass yeah, why? Why the hell was the entire preview about the bunny girl? Maybe that's just P. It says PV three, so maybe PV two or or one was the honey badger. Okay, yeah, there are multiple PVs. Okay, that makes more sense. PV one is. Oh my. Okay, wow. She's basically Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. She's a honey badger. <laughs> okay. Oh, that 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 dude is a lion. Okay. Yeah. This, this looks, yes. This now, looks. Now you are beginning right. to understand. Okay, I see. This looks pretty good, actually. Or at least, or at the very least, it looks wild. Yeah, I know. I know there's some content that you won't like, Dustin. But yeah, there's some fan service going on here. Also, in this preview too, I think this girl like stole someone's panties. Yeah, that's weird. Anyway, uh, so yeah, that, uh, huh. I mean, we're, we'll certainly give it a shot. I have no idea what to think of it, though. <laughs> it yeah, should at least so, be entertaining in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, um, so, uh, like, you remember in the Far Cry game how much of a pain in the ass honey badgers were? Oh, yeah, honey badgers and Komodo dragons. Those yeah, yeah, the they're, they're awful worst. things that I never want to actually encounter. Yeah, honey badgers are uh, are nasty. Gotcha. Uh, next up is Koewa Amegari no Yoni, uh, Love is Like After the Rain, from Wit Studio. Oh boy, you're going to like this one, Dustin. <sighs> Akira Tachibana is a soft-spoken high school student who used to be part of the track and field club, but due to an injury, she is no longer able to run as fast as she once could. Working part-time at a family restaurant as a recourse, she finds herself inexplicably falling in love with her manager, a divorced 45-year-old man with the young son. <laughs> Des- destroy all anime. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're going to have to work really hard to avoid being super creepy. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with almost thirty years difference. Oh, yeah. 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 Look, man, maybe she's eighteen. You don't know. Well, she's she's twenty five at heart. No. Yeah, and he's uh, he's nineteen. Okay, so. Uh. Anyway, moving on to, uh, Kokoku. Uh, Juri Yukawa lives with her neat father and brother, her retired grandfather, her sister, a single mother, and her young nephew. One day, her nephew and brother are kidnapped for ransom. Having only 30 minutes to meet the demands of the kidnappers, Juri, who realizes there is not enough time to prepare the money, decides to head for their rescue by herself with knife in hand. 
when her grandfather uses a mysterious stone passed on in the Yukawa family to stop time. In a world where everyone and everything are inert, Juri and her father and grandfather run to rescue the two. But at the kidnapper's hideout, they soon realize that they're not the only ones who can move about in this still world. That sounds like a really cool premise. <laughs> I read a few chapters of the manga, and it was interesting. So, yeah. I'm down for this. Uh, absolutely. Um, studio is Gino, uh, which I'm not sure if what else they've done not much oh, the, their only other stuff is golden kamui and gaku satsu kikan which i can't even remember Ge- uh genocidal organ yes was that was that good i can't remember never saw it's it it's a so movie I don't know. It, it, okay. yeah i don't think it's uh and golden kamui the hell <laughs> didn't realize they yeah were, didn't realize they Wait. adapted that one yet when, oh, because it's not, it's not yet aired, so they're going oh. to. Oh, they're going to adapt it, okay. Oh, yeah, yes. okay, That's, that makes sense, because, you know, Golden Kamui is an awesome manga, and I was, like, hoping it would be in the pipeline, it looks like it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. apparently it is, so you have that to look forward to. I guess Gino is, like, a really new studio, then. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm looking definitely looking forward to that show. Uh, we'll next see up, how they do with this one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next up is uh, Mira no Kaikata. Um, when high school student Sora Kashiwagi finds himself staring down a mysterious oversized package sent to him by his self-proclaimed adventurer father, the last thing he expects it is for it to be opened from the inside by a little mummy so small it can fit into the palm of his hand. Next. This is comedy, slice of life, and supernatural. I read a few chapters of the manga. It's okay. Alright, cool. Mitsuboshi Colors. Uh, uh, Hark, the city is in peril. Who are you going to call? Colors. Destroy whoever wrote this copy, <laughs> by the way. Uh, Sachan, Yui, and Kotaha are here to protect the city, solving mysteries and battling enemies with help from their friends. But their quest isn't as easy isn't an easy one as their arch nemesis Saito, the violent police officer of Uena, Ueno, a <laughs> violent police officer, how redundant, meets them at every turn. Uh, I don't know, man. <clears throat> By Silverlink, it's a slice of life comedy starring right. three girls solving mysteries, I guess. Uh, probably not even doing. Probably not even doing much mystery solving. More just like screwing around. Probably, yeah, it's, yeah, it's probably not going to be worth, yeah. Tags, cute girls doing cute things. Yeah, mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. That seems accurate. Uh, Yeah, probably not worth it. Uh, Next up is Marchin Madchen. Um... Hazuki Kagimura is a normal girl who is usually alone, with her relationship with her new family not going so well, she retreats every day to the world of stories and books. One day after school, one of the library's bookshelves sends her to another world with a magical with a magic school where she meets Shizuka Tsuchi Mikado. She finds out that girls called Madchen, who attend the school, are selected by old fairy tales and folk stories to wield their magic and are taught how to wield it in school. School has girls who are chosen by such stories as Kagi Hime no Monogatri, Isunboshi, Der. Der Freichs, uh, Der Freichutz, uh, 
uh, Shuten Doji, Little Matchstick Girl, Gigantic Turnip, Arthurian Legends, etc., etc. Hazuki herself is chosen by the Cinderella story. Okay, so basically, yeah, basically each girl embodies a particular fairy tale or folk tale. Though I'm guessing probably not the original German folk tales, uh, because <laughs> those things never end well. <laughs> well, you mean like Hansel although, and Gretel? Although that would be a real good twist. Yeah, yeah it tur- turns out it's a deconstruction of isekais, where, where everyone just dies horribly in the end. <laughs> but yeah, it, this actually seems like an isekai with a little more... It's I a, won't say depth, but no. a little more of an interesting premise to it. It's a it's a no, it's a magic high school story, uh, flavored with like actual real world myths and legends. Yeah, and mm. rather than like whatever stupid crap fantasy that you know, yeah, it's that, it's got that a little, flavors it's, like a, a usual magic high school story. Yeah, it's got a little meatier of a premise, so um, hopefully it'll have a little more to work with. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll we'll give it an episode or two just to find out because it could be okay. Yeah, you're hoping for miracles again. Yeah, you know, every so often I don't I don't want to be a complete yeah, curmudgeon yeah. because then I get predictable. No, no, no. I am the complete curmudgeon. But anyway. And then Fabulous Blue yells at me and is like, "How dare you not watch this show? That's actually the best." And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm sorry, Fabulous Blue. You're actually right all the time." <laughs> Which, snap, by the way, snap, 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 poo. Uh, I'll, I'll read. I'll read some of uh, Famous Blue's Twitter responses uh, to the episode I put up where we talk about all the shows he was right about. We'll do that later. But uh, yes, I we'll follow. I followed your Twitter. Your your Twitter uh-huh. back and forth. That was anyway. That was uh, a thing. So, 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 hey, Ben, uh, are. Have you not yet watched enough anime that are based on the concept of Seven Deadly Sins? <laughs> okay, I have... Okay, well, this... here's some more. <laughs> okay. Just to make sure so you watch this... the preview for so, this, please. Right, so Nanatsu no Pitoku is a follow-on to uh, the previous, like, Seven Mortal Sins. It's uh, a follow-on to Sin Nanatsu no Taizai, which uh, was basically... Seven that... Heavenly Virtues. Yep. Why? Preview, Dustin. Why, when they do the freeze frame showing the name, is it just like a close up of the girl's breasts? Because, Why is yeah, that yeah. a thing? Because yeah, it's all about the boobs. I hate. It's a that is a garbage fantasy. design for Metatron. It, it's an etchy fantasy. What else do you want him to show? It's, yes, it's, I hate. Oh God! Why? No, no! 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 <laughs> no! It's no. like, actually, Bikini Warriors looks like it was done better than this. How is this not Seven Deadly Sins? Well, one deadly sin, all of it lust. <laughs> this is so. Uh, I'm I'm hearing a I'm hearing a skip. This is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's but, ba- basically it's going to be about the same quality as Sinonatsu no Taizai, which was uh, boobs. It was all boobs. Lots and lots okay. of boobs. I, can, I always I always mix that up with the other seven deadly sins yes. show that was which is yeah, going the, to be the, the next one, one we talk right about next to it 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Speaking of which, Danatsu no Taitsi, a second season of it. I did not care about the first season, but I'm sure Ben and Larry will probably enjoy this. Yes. Thank you. Look, looking forward to it because I yes. totally liked the first season. Yeah, I need to need to figure out if Elizabeth has figured out which end of her is up yet. Uh, speaking of shows that you know I initially enjoyed, but then you know, gave up on because I ended up not liking it very much. Second season of Overlord. Yay. I'm going to keep watching it because I like the first season. I hope they get to the lizards. Uh, yes, that's the next arc after... That's the next arc after the uh, first season. After the first, after the end of the first season. Lizards. Okay, going on. Yeah. Uh, lizards are adorable. Now for one I'm really excited for... Pop Team Epic, which is an adaptation of a Florcoma manga, uh, which people who are terrible internet people like me are probably most familiar with the comic that uh, has the panel arrested for Twitter crimes. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, Pop Team Epic is a really weird-ass manga. Uh, well, not weird-ass comic, and I am really curious to see how the adaptation will even work, or what they're even going to do with it. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited for this. Uh, uh, huh? Yeah, give us... Think about four-panel adaptation, especially for comedies, is getting... Like, getting the structure and timing right is very tricky. Yep. Okay. Moving right along to girls jumping in the air. Yeah, so... Um, Ramen Daisuke Koizumi-san. The gourmet comedy follows the daily life of Koizumi, a high, high school girl who looks like a cool, cool beauty at first glance but actually has an unexpected side of her that loves ramen. I think not. Nope. Moving on. Wow, what a fascinating character. Yar. Uh, Ryuo no Oshigoto. 16-year-old Kuzuryu uh, Yaichi has fallen into a slump after winning the major shogi title Dragon King. The pressure of his losses continue until an elementary schooler called Hinatsuru Ai with an extraordinary shogi talent arrives at his doorstep. Uh, okay. No. Uh, okay, this is good. I've I've read reviews of the light Why novel. is this tagged as seinen? Um, yeah, because it's all about... Because the thing about it is that, like, all the shogi stuff alternates with, like... The nine-year-old girl getting into the nine-year-old girl getting into semi-etchy situation. Okay, nope. Put <laughs> <laughs> him next. Uh, yeah, that's not happening. Uh, Sanrio Sanrio Tanshi. Uh, the project's premise follows Kota Hasegawa, a high school boy that loves the yellow pom pom purin dog. By mere coincidence, he ends up attending the same school as Yu Mizuno, a boy who likes the bunny, My Melody. Yu tells Kota that there's nothing to be ashamed of for liking Sanrio's cute characters. 
together Kota Yu Shinsuke Yoshino, Ryo Nishimiya, and Seichiro Minamoto learn to accept their love of the characters instead of feeling embarrassed. This is just Sanrio <laughs> patting themselves on the back, isn't it? Yep. Sanrio <laughs> yes. going like, it's okay for dudes to love stuffed toys, and while yes, that's true... We don't need you self-aggrandizing about it. Okay, this is the true face of anime. It's all about advertising merch. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Please buy our cute dog. Next. I don't need you to make an anime to get me to buy a cute dog. I already like cute dogs, Sanrio. Yeah, they weigh about 160 pounds and bark and shake the house. Also, e- also, even though it completely subverts the premise of Paranoia Agent, I would absolutely buy a plush toy of that mascot. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you guys uh, already do Paranoia Agent? Oh yeah, we did. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's why I said even though it completely subverts the point of what that mascot was, I yeah. would definitely... <laughs> yeah, fun fact, they're, sell- they're, they're, they're selling merch of uh, Mitty from Maiden Abyss. Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> because that is awful. Into little pieces. Yeah. Well, see, That's they, 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 they want to get the one. They want to get the one where where he's cutting her up in little pieces. Uh, why, why would uh, Why would you do that? The, that's like when they made the the plushie of uh, of Chomp Chan from uh, from uh, Marvel Love. That's mm-hmm. awful. It's awful. You people should feel bad. <laughs> uh, ne- next up is a show called Shinkansen Henke Robo Shinkalion, which I believe the premise is a, like a train turns into a giant robot. I suspect it's a kid's show. Yeah, there's no episode description. It very much does look like a kid's show, so it's probably something we'll skip, but I do think that premise is hilarious. Every so often you'll get one of these shows that very much feels like, you know, the bullet train, uh, organ- like, whatever whatever government organization runs the bullet trains in Japan is like, we should find an anime to remind people that bullet trains are cool. <laughs> it's like, okay, what are we going to do with this one? Have them turn into giant robots <laughs> make it a sentai show but giant robots uh anyway oh boy this is a great title for a show slow start the story center around centers around 16 year old hana ichinose who unbeknownst to her classmates was a year late in enrolling into high school Although it may not seem like a big deal, it is a big deal to her. She wants to catch up with everyone else someday. That oh premise God. combined with these, like, friggin' key-ass character designs <laughs> makes me really not want to watch this. <clears throat> these designs are like if key character designs didn't have weird-ass facial proportions. Also, they all have, like, the weird fang thing going on. Like, the lip fang. Uh, anyway. Yeah. No. Uh, Toji no Miko. Since ancient times, shrine maidens... Oh, this is already off to a great start. Uh, who wield swords have been exercising Aratama. Strange existences that threaten the human world. 
These young women who wear school uniforms and a sword are called toji, and they serve as an official unit within the police force as a special religious service police squad. The government authorizes the toji to wear swords and serve as government officials, and the government has set up five schools throughout the country for girls to attend. Oh god, I'm being overwhelmed by the tropes in here. It's, so, a, ma- it's a magic high school show. Yeah. Cute girls doing cute things with cute swords. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, see, if, if the swords were actually cute in that each sword was actually another girl and all the girls had relationships with their swords, then we might be on to something. So kind of like, like Ufot, but... <laughs> or, or, or more like uh, Valkyrie Drive, but not embarrassing. <laughs> Valkyrie, oh, yeah, that Valkyrie Drive was awesome. I also yeah. could not watch it with. Also, like I could not bear to watch it because it was just embarrassing on every level. It's definitely a show you don't want older adults to walk in watching you watching it. I, that I is don't true. Want, I don't not. I don't want another adult to be in the same zip code while I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> if Valkyrie Drive was a book I was trying to read on the subway, I would cover it up uh, with another book that was just had the cover of uh, what was that like boob and butt anime that we watched? Um, it was the sport anime? Keijo. Oh, Keijo. Keijo. Yeah, I prefer I'd cover up with Keijo to make me feel less embarrassed. Or, or um, you know, or you know, just yeah, never mind. Yep. Uh. Uchu Yorimo Toi Basho. The anime story centers on high school girls going to the South Pole, a place further than the universe. <laughs> they struggle. Uh, okay. I don't think that's entirely true. They struggle and grow together as they cope with extreme conditions. So are, is this a show where we're going to watch cute girls doing cute things and also having to amputate their leg because it got frostbite? Uh, <laughs> and cannibalize each other because they ran out of food? Well, I yeah. was going to figure Freeze Under Cute took us off. I mean, it is being made by Madhouse, so... Yeah, yeah, that is a distinct possibility with Madhouse. <laughs> okay, trailer. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> let's go to Antarctica. Now let's all eat each other to survive. I, I, I feel well, like... Actually, down there, it's your polar bear food. Antarctica is a is, is one of those places that prompted... Uh, that's so, like, harsh and extreme that uh, Werner Herzog made a documentary about it. Well, I think we should have... But there, there are penguins uh, down there, too, though. If, if this anime was animated by is, was narrated by Werner Herzog, then we're on to something. I think we should have it narrated by Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Well, I think I've all, seen, na- all anime you, should be narrated by Morgan Freeman, though. Did you see who the director of this is? Uh, director is Atsuko Ishizuka. What oh, did she do? She's done No uh, Game, No Life, Prince of Stride, um, Supernatural: The Animation, Aoi Bungaku. Yeah, I actually Suki No Waltz. I like No Game, No Life. Yes, and Prince of Stride was okay. No Game, No Life. Uh, and if she's she, well, I hope she doesn't take off on the premise of what was done to the one character in No Game, No Life, but then again, there was No Game, No Life. I'm sure that this won't 
Anyway, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll we'll we'll give this show a shot just to see if the girls all freeze to death. Um, oh, Ooh. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm I know, exaggerating. I... Like to be fair, Antarctica, you know, does have plenty of like human life there. Considering like there's it, little there's America, a bunch of science and research stations set up there. There's um, little like, America. That's about I, it. I really want the twist to be like. It, it, it's a big show, and there's like rich people gambling on which one's gonna survive. <laughs> Ooh! I can't. I, 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 I think that'd be a great twist. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for um, the anime adaptation of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, where it's just like a hundred cute girls all murdering each other on a deserted island. <laughs> I'd watch you it. You guys are incorrigible. <laughs> Actually, there was that uh that Batum one that was kind yeah, of. Batum like was Batum oh, was, that was it. It was that um, was from High School of the Dead Man though. So yeah. okay. But anyway, to be fair, Inushaki is from the guy that does Gantz. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we're looking at Violet Evergarden next. Yeah, the, from Kyoto. The Kyo- yeah, the Kyoani show of the season, Violet em- Emerald Garden. Uh, it's been quite a while. Uh, Auto Auto Memories Doll. It's been quite a while since that name caused a fuss. Originally invented by Professor Orlin solely for his beloved lo- wife, Auto Memories Dolls eventually... <laughs> that's an awkward pluralization. Uh, eventually spread out into the world, and a machine that allows people to rent out the dolls was also created. Huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, a girl who almost appears to have popped out of a fairy tale with her blonde hair and blue eyes. Uh, oh god, this is a weird synopsis. Uh huh. Yeah, it's that is a extremely Kyoani premise. Uh, yeah, I think it. <clears throat> yeah, it's one of those uh, things which, where it's uh, adapted from uh, a light novel that was published by their in-house division. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah, it. Because yeah. Because that's how they—that's how they do things most of the time these days. Is they, uh, is they—they they actually have a division that publishes their own light novels and then they adapt them. Well, it's also a premise that like throws up some warning flags for me, and and not in the this is probably going to be bad category, but this is in the sense of like there have been quite a few shows where the premise is oh this girl's artificial, but is she human? Um, no, nope, not with that hand. Well, and... yeah, the, the uh, uh, okay. So the thing about it, I don't know, I don't know how the story is going to go, but I do know that the production, the production values are going to be great. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the trailer, and it's extremely pretty. Uh, yeah. But also, I have a sneaking suspicion that everything that happens is something that we have probably seen before done better in other shows um that is my suspicion i'd be happy to be wrong well but also well no actually what i think is that it's actually going to basically execute it's going to perfectly execute a relatively thin premise yeah uh because that's what kyoto that's what kyoani does uh with their at least with their uh, their in-house light novel adaptations. Uh, yeah. Also, apparently it's being licensed, according to the trailer, it's being licensed by Netflix. So most likely we're going to have to 
Uh, I'm going to have to download this one instead of watching it simultaneously. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, fourth season of Yoamushi Pedal. Yes, I am hyped. Yep, I know plenty of people, uh, you and my good friend Dan, a.k.a. Weed Lord Vegeta, uh, I'm sure will be very much enjoying that. Um, I will continue to uh, not bother because I'm a terrible person who doesn't really watch sports anime. Also, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I've seen it before because they, they, they just ride their bicycles, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, okay, then I've seen it before. <laughs> no, th- this time they go like I'm sure this time they'll they'll unlock the secrets of Ultra Instinct Bicycle. Uh no. They, no, they just add their new bicycle by Tesla. It's autonomous. Yes. No, they, they they have the yeah. same He's bicycle. unlocked the secret of riding two bicycles at once. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. They have yes. this new they have this we'll new bicycle. They have this new bicycle built by Tesla, and it's autonomous. Right. So all they do is sit, sit, and read manga as they go flying through the streets. I'll get okay. it out. Of I watch it. So the real deal with it. So the real deal with it is that it's a direct continuation of New Generation, which ended in the middle of a tournament. So like, oh, that's a great place to end. So yeah, well, that's big. yeah. So they're continuing on like right where the where right where the previous season left off. Uh, next up is Yuru Camp. Rin likes to go camping by herself along the lakes that provide a scenic view of Mount Fuji. Nadeshiko loves to take cycling trips by herself to places where she can see Mount Fuji. After they meet, Rin and Nadeshiko take camping trips, eat cup ramen together, and enjoy the scenery. Oh my god! Cute girls camping! Aren't you excited? (laughs) Like, it's just... (laughs) Aren't you excited to watch a show that's about cute girls sitting in nature and watching scenery? <laughs> which which makes you wonder, maybe you could make better use of your time by cutting out the cute girls and watching anime and just going outside yourself. <laughs> maybe that's a better use of your time. Well, that depends on how good your outside is. Uh, yeah. It, it, you're in the part of the country, is it burning? Not yet, but give it a week. Uh, also, second season of Zoku uh, Zoku Token Rambu Ahanamaru, so another season of Token Rambu. <clears throat> well, yeah, this is the uh, right, so this is this is the this is not the ufotable Token Rambu. This is the uh, second season of the uh, of the uh, the fluffier Token Rambu. Oh, right, the slice of life token ranbu i right. forgot that i forgot about that one yeah i watched one episode of that and was instantly bored it's super weird that they did the boring one and then they had ufo table adapt the action variety and then the basically like two seasons later they're doing a second season of the boring that's i don't know what's going i don't know what's going on with that franchise that's super weird Right. It doesn't really matter. You didn't really watch either I mean, of them. I mean, no, I don't actually care. It's just weird to me. <laughs> okay, so this is the... Alright, so the thing about, thing about Token Ron Buhanamaru is that it's like the gender-flipped version of a cute girl doing cute things. Only this yeah. time, it's cute boys doing cute things. 
Cool, great. Except that the cute boys are also swords. <laughs> okay, so we're cute to the leftovers. Boys. Yeah, uh, stuff that's continuing on that we'll keep watching. Um, we've got, obviously, uh, Magus's Bride. Garo. Uh, Garo. Um, Aaron, are you... Aaron, are you gonna be watching more of DS Ray? I only watch like one episode. <laughs> yeah, so just no. the one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, pretty much just those two. Um, yeah. I'm. Oh. I'm not sure. Ben, are you still watching Shokugeki no Soma? I'm several episodes behind, but yes, I will okay. catch up on it because it's a really good show, and mm-hmm. I am mostly caught up with March Comes in Like a Lion, which is great. I am caught up. It is yeah. excellent. Also, apparently, Osamatsu-san season two is still going on, though I have not heard. I've not seen very many people tweeting about this season of Osamatsu-san to near the same degree as they did the previous season. Uh, yeah. I'm quite... not sure if that's an indication of its quality or if just the sort of uniqueness is worn off. According to some of the according to some of the reviews I've seen, the quality has fallen off. I see. All right. Well, uh, also uh, there's going to be a Majin Z movie. Uh, second season of Dagashi Kashi, which for some reason is in the shorts category, which actually might not be bad because uh, each episode of the uh, first season was like a bunch of short segments because uh, because it's adapted from a manga where where the chapters are really short. And then Guda Guda Men next to Guda Guda Girls. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, I wonder if Scamp will be watching that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, pretty much the only other like thing I'm interested in is um, Mazinger Z movie, possibly. Uh, also, Devilman Crybaby, possibly. Oh right, that's under. Uh... O V A O N A special, yeah. Oh, this is weird. Also, uh, uh, yeah. The uh, the second season of Days is also uh under OVAs. Yeah. Oh, because it's only three episodes. That's why. Oh, okay. Because it looks like oh, they're just focused. It's just going to be a lot. It's just going to be one match. And the uh, Mob Psycho OVAs down there too. Yeah. Anyway, I believe that's it. It's enough, um, don't you think? Yeah, it's already been like an hour we've been spending on this preview. Oh, Dustin, uh, there's an OVA of the, the Shinmai Mao thing. Oh. Gotta get a, a Luke to watch it. <coughs> God, yeah. Oh, that's the uh, Testament of Sister New Devil? Oh yeah. my god. Mm. I watched one episode of that and gave up. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, yep. So. That we, was a fun one. Should we start reviewing anime for real? Yeah, I agree. Uh, oh god, man, I'm almost—it's almost like it's twenty minutes away from when I usually go to bed. So let's go try to see if we can get through these real fast. Uh, so, though honestly, with a lot of these, I don't have much to say anyway. Let's start with Kino's Journey, episodes six through nine. I don't care about Kino's journey anymore. Well, I think part of the problem is that most of the time, 
Kino's not even there. I mean, that's part of it, but also, even when Kino is there, like, especially with episode 9, literally all they do is be like, here's the premise of this city. Isn't that cool? Okay, time to move on. Next. Like, they don't actually do any exploration or, or of anything. There's there's no delving into any of the themes. They just bring it up and then immediately leave. Uh, and it's just so dull. Yeah, let's see. Episode 6. Episode 6 was kind of... Was, had its moments. 6 was weird. I mean... It, it was like... <sighs> I, I felt they were trying to say something about, like, what captivity did to that girl's head, but they never really do dove into that either. Like, it's just a kind of a series of events that happened to her, and there wasn't really any growth that happened. Like, we don't even get to see her recover. All this, that is just done off screen. Um, yeah, it's episode seven was like, I actually did kind of enjoy episode seven just cause it didn't really have a point to make. It was just a funny story about Kino's master. Uh, uh, yeah. I liked that one. Yeah. Seven was fun, but also it was one where like the show didn't at all try to make any sort of message or point. It just wanted to tell a good story, which good job. You finally did it. Uh, but man, episode 8 was super dumb. Episode 9 was just completely pointless. Uh, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I don't know. The stories with uh, the, the episodes with Shizu as the main character just aren't as interesting. Yeah, and, it's, it's, it, and it sucks because I actually like Shizu and his entourage. Like, they're good characters, but man... The storylines they're involved in are just so bad and sloppy. Like, episode 8, they go to his, this country where it's like, oh, the radio waves are making people insane. But then they find out, wait, no, the there are no radio waves. The towers have been destroyed. And they bring back the evidence, but then the people can't handle it. So they're like, you're lying. You're affected by radio waves. And then they just leave. And that's it. That's the end. They just leave. It's like, what's the point? Well, why did you even tell me tell us that story? What like what was the purpose of even going there? Like there was nothing that you explored. There were no questions that you really asked. There was no thematic depth at all. Um like, okay, I think there was kind of a point there, which was the the point was was it's about the city it's about this basically the the problem with the city is that they Use, use, like, the radio waves even that don't exist to avoid taking responsibility. And, and like, Shizu finds out that basically there's no way that he can make this city take responsibility. So he gives up. I mean, like, yeah, that's clearly what they were going for, but I don't think the way they did it was at all interesting or meaningful or asked any interesting questions. Like, it's literally just, 
he goes to a place where these people are all deluded idiots and then he leaves (laughs) there's no interesting explanation there's no interesting exploration of that premise at all they just bring it up and then go the same thing happens with in episode 9 where Kino visits the city where like morality is done on a point based system that could lead to an interesting episode and they bring up the barest hint of what you could do with that sort of premise uh, with the one guy who's like I've been waiting my whole life to kill someone but then they just don't do anything else Kino just leaves and that's the end of that plot line like it makes me wonder why they're bothering. Well, what's sort of interesting, actually, I thought that that bit with the uh, the morality point system, I thought that was sort of interesting because what it's about is it's about a it's about a guy who sort of becomes the mask. That is, he puts on he like he puts on a front of doing all these good deeds, but you know. You know, but he finds that, you know, you know, supposedly that, you know, that so supposedly that so that he can like build up cred and do something, do something evil. But he finds that he finds that in the end, you know, because he, you know, because he'd spent this lifetime being good, he can't go, he can't, you know, he can't be evil. I mean... Yes, that is true, but also, it's the, it's just completely uninteresting to me. It's like, okay, yes, you showed how this one guy handles it. What does that mean for the city? How does the society structure itself around this point-based system? Like, I, and they don't do that, and they don't even spend really very much time with the guy either to make him an interesting character. Like, I, we don't even see him doing, like, good deeds or struggling with that sort of thing. Like, we, like the only thing, thing we really see him struggle with is, like, when he goes and to, to, like, hug the baby. It's like, uh, I don't know, like, everything about this show so far has been just, it, it's, it's weird. Because I liked episode one and two. And three was kind of funny, um, but everything since then has just been really sloppy, and like not really thought provoking or interesting to me at all. <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, yeah that that like that whole bit yeah the the bit about with the morality point system, I thought they could have taken an entire episode to do something yeah. with that. And yeah, and the problem. Yeah, the problem. The problem is, is like you know, they certainly come up with interesting premises, but they take the most boring surface level uh, look at that element and then just leave. Yeah, I don't know. I suspect that uh, in many cases, like the original novels, really weren't all that. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give episode 6 a 2, episode 7 a 4, episode 8 and 9 both get 2s. 
I'm going to give episode six <laughs> a three, episode seven a four, episode eight a three, and episode nine a two. All right. Uh, moving on to MMO Junkie episodes six through nine. I really wish they just get on with it. Well, they've laid it out in enough detail now. If you haven't figured out what's going on, you just should quit and you know go watch yeah. something else. It's a shame because like episodes one through five were like really solid. They moved at a good pace. You know, there were like it moved at a really nice fast clip um, in terms of like the plot developments. And then episodes six through nine have been like super dragging out this like will they won't they finally meet up and confess arc. And like in episode nine, it finally happened. But then they're finding even more excuses to drag it out. Um, with, like, Moriko, like, making, um, like, making, uh, Hayashi think that she's not interested in him. Uh, you just mean, because uh, more... Sakurai. Hayashi is... Oh, right, Sakurai, Hayashi yeah. is the name of her avatar. Right, yeah. Yeah, with Moriko making Sakurai think she's not interested in him because she's just bad at expressing herself. Uh, and saying like, "Oh, let's continue being friends online," and he thinks he just got friend zoned. Uh, but yeah, it's it's just become just friggin' get on with it, MMO junkie. I swear. Like, stop! Stop artificially batting out your storyline. They've got one more episode, I think, and an OVA. Yeah, it's a shame because this because ep- this show started out really strong and then like in the back half turned into just another generic rom rom com. I'm I st- I enjoyed these episodes. Yeah, I I still like them for the most part. Um, you know, I'll give them all threes. It's just that I used to really like this show like a lot, and then it just sort of lost the kind of charm that it had it, it sort of it ditched a lot of the mmo trappings well it's uh, and, becoming predictable yeah and, and it sort of went into a very tropey rote uh plot progression for romantic comedies um which really sucked a lot of the enthusiasm i had for it i'm gonna give these episodes fours i had a great time with them yeah, what do you I, think, Larry? I can live with the fours. Um, the swapping gender characters to prove that your uh, debt was kind of—I've seen that happen a couple of times. But it's like, it, yeah, it it got tropey. Tropey is a good word. I like tropey. So I gave him right. fours. Uh, all right, moving on to Magus Bride, uh, Ancient Magus's Bride, episodes eight through nine. Uh, episode eight is the one that I really liked where you got to protect that dog, protect that sweet, pure dog. Um, what gets me is the way they spell his name because like the, uh, the, the disjoint between these, the, the way, the way his name is spelled, the way it's pronounced is kind of getting to me. Yeah, that seems to be a consistent thing with the subtitles for Ancient Magus's Bride. Um, like, I right, re- because because cause you can hear that, like, okay, you can hear clearly that, like, like that Chisei pronounces his name as Roots. 
but for some reason, they spell his name in the subtitles Ruth. Yeah, it's Ruth instead. First, I... Who knows? <laughs> uh, I do really like the flashback scene where... Uh, Roos's mas- uh, uh, master is all sad and then he's trying to figure, think of a way to cheer her up so he goes into the bushes and murders a rabbit it's like I've got a present for you yep this is the most dog thing to do mommy look what I found woof woof yep uh. yeah I've, I've had that happen a couple times it's uh <clears throat> the first time was a little unnerving then after that it was like oh well it's a dog thing yeah, uh, the the whole flashback like really actually got me just because of how very dog it is, um, and as a person who has lived with dogs my literally entire life, uh, yeah. yeah, they have a tendency to grow on you after a while too. Hit me right there. Uh, I also liked Elias going just full monster mode. Um, it was a really cool scene there and the the fight scene with uh that one asshole mage uh, his name joseph but it's yeah it's the c word and i can't think of it right now but yeah the the dude with the white hair um and his like creepy spider monstrosity that was a really good fight scene which was a body snatch of his sister out of the grave and pieced together yeah And yeah. show, sometimes the show doesn't do a whole lot of original things. Yeah, I really, I really like this episode. I'm gonna give it a five. And now, yeah, episode eight was super good. I'll also give it a five. And episode nine was. It seemed to be. It seemed to be a, a transitional episode, as it, like it was sort of like, you know, wrapping up like some of the plot threads from the previous arc like showing like that you know like Elias going full monster had real consequences and that uh he he was yeah. going to take some time to try and recover from that and then yeah. and then <clears throat> yeah and also having to uh you know and also seems to be setting up uh setting up plot threads for future arcs I also really like uh, Elias's maid, like kicking Shisei and Ruth out of the house, and be like, "You need to, you need to go somewhere. Just enjoy the outside world, for God's sake." Yeah, <laughs> you know, chase a rabbit, play in the yard, have a nice day, get out of here, goodbye. Yeah. Anyway, it's not Ruth; he's Roots. Right, Roots. Roots. Or. Yeah, or or maybe just root. Maybe the uh, maybe the th is uh, pronounced like the way they do the way they do with German, where the th is just pronounced with a t. I also liked uh, Lenin seeds, or however the hell you pronounce it's uh, Celtic. I have no uh, idea how to pronounce Celtic. Uh, Lenin, um, sh- uh, the okay, the last she day. No, the last uh, the last word is pronounced she. Lenin she. Yeah, uh, I really like her appearance um, in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the way you think of okay, the way you think about Celtic, a guideline for a guideline for pronouncing Celtic words is that 
When you see an H in a Celtic word, it assumes that you delete the previous the delete the previous letter. Okay. So the All H right. is a backspace. I see. But yeah, I, I really like her presence in this episode. She's kind of a like troublemaker. Um Also her hair reminds me of Oh My Goddess. Is it just me? No. I don't I only watched her I only read a few chapters of Oh My Goddess and I don't remember them very well. Yeah, it just remind the hair just reminds me of that Yeah, because like the the main character of Oh My Goddess had a very similar hairstyle going on. In fact a lot of the characters in that show had some wild hair happening. Uh-huh. Well, for Expeditious, I, I like these episodes, uh, so I gave them both fives. Uh, I'm going to give episode nine a four. Didn't have quite the energy that episode eight did. Well, after the big battle, I mean, you don't have to go out running yourself ragged, you know? <laughs> I mean, I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot, but just, but it was that's, good, but that's why you're, didn't you're blow me away. Me. I, said, I, I really like both of them. I'll give episode 9 a 5 as well. That's why you're you and I'm me and everything's fine. I actually I actually like a lot of the episodes where not a whole lot happens. Chise just talks to a pleasant person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I often like those episodes. And again, yeah. you, be, you and I being dog people, and I don't know if Ben's a dog person or not. I am so. not. Well... I, so, I am not but, a I am not a pet person at all. I see. That's, although that's I, although the, I had a cat for a while, it's well, it, it's almost like not having a pet at all. But yeah, I know what you're saying. All right, cat <laughs> cat people jump my case. I don't care. Yeah, Aaron will listen to this later on and be very mad. Oh, uh, actually, good. This care. is what you get for not sticking around, Aaron. Oops. Anyway, uh, moving on to how many episodes did you watch of Altair? Uh, 18 and 19. I watched uh, 18 and 19. Okay. So we can do 18. I, we can do 18. You, you, do you remember 18? I 18. can't even remember what the hell happened. Okay. Eight, eight, 18's where he commandeers the uh, two brothers and the mercenaries. Well, actually, 18 rushed through a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, because, because it, it, like, it wrapped up the whole thing with Florence... Where like they where they got the uh, where because where they you know by deliver they deliver the news that like you know the, the empire is moving into the moving into the region they they already took out like they already took out one city and they're taking out more cities and so like you know yeah so, so the, Catherine de Medici basically ignores uh, like goes against the wishes of. Uh, some of the other politicians is like, actually, yeah, we're going to side with Turkey. And then they're like, actually, we don't want you that, so we're going to murder you. But then they're like, uh, but then our, but then Mamet Squad is like, actually, we're going to stop you from doing that. Oh, actually, that was just Suleiman on his own. Yeah, it was mostly just Suleiman, yes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, uh, the rest of Turkey Squad was sitting in a dungeon, I believe, at the time. If I'm correctly. No, that was what happened. Was that uh, was that uh, 
like, okay, the, the like, the, the uh, Gonfalonier of Florence, let them go. And sent, so, uh, Mahmoud and his, Mahmoud and his team went on his way. Suleiman stayed behind because he saw that, you know, the backlash coming, and so he stayed behind to protect the Gonfalonier from the backlash. Which is, which he was totally right to do so. Yeah, and then meanwhile, uh, Mahmoud squad um, goes to uh, they do like a mock battle with another uh, nation to earn their respect. I think and that's the that's the uh, mercenaries, right? Yeah, that's the, the two. The, that's the, the two brothers the, with the fancy feathers in their hats. I'm, I'm skipping through this episode just trying to remember everything that's happened. Yeah, right. They go to the city of Taro and, uh, yeah, and get the, uh, which is run by these, uh, two old, these, uh, two brothers. Yeah, you know, and, you, uh, be careful how you're bounding that word old about. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I think the reason why I don't remember the rest of the episode so well is just because the only thing that felt like it had much impact at all was the very beginning stuff with Catherine de Medici. Yeah, right. They, they I think be. the problem with this episode was that they rushed through way too much stuff way too fast. Yeah, like everything after Suleiman helping out Catherine just feels like it doesn't have any impact whatsoever. Even though, like, logically it does, it doesn't feel like it. Well, 19's worse, and when you get to 20 and 21, you're going to be like... Right, because they're basically doing, they're basically taking, like, just like a few minutes out of an episode to do, like, to to basically try and tell, like, an, a complete episode's worth of story. Yeah, it, yeah, a chapter in 22 minutes. Uh, yeah, like, so, like, the thing, like, like, the thing with the brothers, like, that could have made an entire episode on its own. Would have been, oh, yeah. would have, and it would have, like, been much would have had much more impact. Yeah, I would have actually remembered that it happened. <laughs> right, because cause the, the problem was is that, okay, they just show, all right, we're going to have a mock battle, and then Mahmoud wins, and it doesn't show any of his tactics. Yeah, and I can't remember why it matters, aside from now they have more people. Well, yeah, that's it, the bet was you have to knock my hat off, and we'll join your side, and if you don't knock my hat off, we'll kill you. That well, was basically it, that, that was the bottom line of the bet. Well, the whole point is that Mahmud's clearing a path so that the the Turkish armies can move through the region without being yeah. attacked uh, yep. on their way to fighting the empire. Uh, also, which, which also happens the, in twenty and twenty one. Yeah. Also, the city of Taro uh, uh, decides to sell, <laughs> decides to uh, you know, decides to let them hire their mercenaries. Yeah, and that's how they hired the mercenaries was the, you know, you can't beat me. Oh, yes, I can. Watch this. Boom, boom, boom. If I win, I get your mercenaries and I'll pay the price, blah, blah, blah. All done. Yeah. End of story. That That's the short synopsis. Uh, the longer versions at WW... Never mind. <clears throat> <sighs> right. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm being... I'm yeah, being the way they're telling the story is not as good as it could be, but the story itself is still good. So, yeah, I, yeah, I can see your problems with the, boy, are we in a rush, and we shouldn't be in this yeah. kind of rush. 
it can sometimes be too quick and also too overwhelming and that so much they're like there's so many names being thrown around and so much happening that i cannot remember everything yeah the pro yeah the problem is is that they're trying to a lot of moving parts going on at the same time they're trying to finish the story uh by like they're trying to finish the story by the end of the season when actually telling the story at the pace that it needed to would probably take another season and somebody probably got told you're not getting renewed run it up or it's more like it's more like you have 24 episodes to, 24 episodes to adapt this complete manga and like yeah except the problem is is that like actually adapting the manga at the proper pace would take probably 36 episodes or 37 episodes so you get the big nanny yeah and then we have episode 19 uh which sets up the siege arc basically yeah. Yeah, we're playing in which, the. Mountains. I can't. Which that yeah, was, I can't remember what. That was kind of cool, actually. I do like the design of the mountain city. Yep. It's it's a really it's actually a really striking striking visual because like you've got houses popping out of the mountainside. It looks like it was carved out directly out of the mountain. Let's see, and that's. Uh, yeah, okay, that, right at the end of 19 is where the army comes and the one guy stops the general and the rest of them run into town and get burned. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, that's that's the uh, short version. The longer yes. version had a lot more screaming in it. Yeah. yeah and a, lot of, and a lot of time is spent with Mahmoud and friends interacting with the director of the city. Who I thought was a cool character. Yeah, he turns out to be, like I said, I, I've seen 20 and 21, so I'm trying to remember where to stop. So I, of course, then again, Ben already probably it, knows what happens, but. Yeah. 19 gonna, stops at the very beginning of the siege. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when they burn, like, they burn one division of the army, and but they still have to face the rest of it. And so the, the rest of the, uh, the rest of the Empire army has blockaded the city. And it gets interesting from there, but we'll talk about that next time. Yeah, yep. So I get both All of right, these. Uh, I get both of these fours. Yes, uh, I will as well. I'll, I'll give eighteen a three and nineteen a four. Okay. Uh, moving on to Garo episode nine, uh, which is a, a much slower and laid back episode than Garo tends to have, but I really liked it. All right, you road trip. Yeah. yeah. Well, you jumped over two shows too. Oh, whoops. We'll we'll get to him later. Okay. I want to I talk just... about Garo right now. All right, fine. Uh, I, I like that. I like the visual gag of the same lady who is at the diner in the city is also at the diner at like the gas station they stop by, <laughs> and like fills their fills the motorcycle up with this like crazy green energy. Yeah, she's she's the she's the nurse joy of this universe apparently. Well, uh, I think she's a Makai alchemist and with teleportation powers. Yeah, probably. She probably has like teleportation circles set up for every diner. Um, but yeah, I really liked the character interactions of like Sword and Sophie. I think they play 
play off well uh, with each other. Um, I think yeah. Sophie is one of those very rare, actually good child characters. Yeah, she's, I like, she's like 12, I think. Yeah, I, I like I like that Sword is slowly learning how to be a reluctant dad. <laughs> yeah. That does take talent. So yeah, yeah. I I really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, there wasn't a whole like there wasn't a lot of plot development that happened in this episode, but it was like a really very pleasant and fun episode uh, just because of the character interactions in it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I also like the joke of when they're sitting in the diner, Sophie is drinking like uh, coffee in a can. She's like, oh, it's so bitter. Uh, then... Meanwhile, it it cuts to Sword, who is drinking strawberry milk. <laughs> Just complete role reversal. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, given my opinions on coffee, I'm right there with Sword. It has its moments. Uh, yeah, unsweetened coffee just does not do it for me. Uh, wait a minute. Now that's... <laughs> No, no, no! Wait a minute. What planet are you on? Get out of here! Get, give me, give me that like Starbucks, not coffee, coffee. Yeah, the stuff those pumpkin like, spice lattes. Yeah, stuff that's like ninety percent sugar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, also, it also the scene with uh, the their motorcycle getting filled up. Man, it really brought back memories of Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, I'll have to take your word which, for it. Which is a joke that I'm sure neither Ben nor Larry get. If Aaron were here, he'd appreciate it. Yes, because... But I know some of you listeners out there, you'll get the joke. You'll understand. It's fine. Someone will love me. Play the audience. It's <laughs> uh, a good thing. Yeah, but yeah. I did not play Final Fantasy. But yeah, I, I like this episode. I'll give it a five. So will I. Uh, anyway... Uh, let's go back to uh, Blood Blockade, Battlefront, and Beyond, Episodes 8 through 9, uh, which very conveniently uh, are is a two-parter. Yeah, so, I yeah. don't know how we got so lucky. That was fortuitous timing. Yeah, it really was. Uh, it was also a really good two-parter as well, a really fun premise. Um, I really liked... Uh, uh, gosh, uh, Leo's um, sort of extremely fragile friend. I can't remember which episode he got Mr. introduced Real. in. Mr. Real. Uh, during the previous season. Yeah. I do vaguely remember him. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a fun character. I like that he, before he went crazy, he got to beat the crap out of Zap. <laughs> yeah. I- indirectly. Not Zapland and Zap played ping pong ball all over town. I thought that was the best part was watching him bounce between cars. I still like Steven's description of how he wound up in the hospital. <laughs> it's like, well. Oh, he, yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, I can't think of the, the, the lead guy with the glasses. Uh, he's like, really? How did that happen? <laughs> 
Well, he, he actually he went to the hospital twice in this arc. It's good for like, him. yeah, like it, yeah. In episode eight, he got put in the hospital by you know getting like throw it like uh, knocked out of the knocked out of the diner and into a car and and, and all that, and then and then at the end of episode nine, where he's like making fun of Chain, like the girls got him. Never make fun of Chain, especially when Leo turns on you and goes like, yeah, well, what were you doing? <laughs> Did you just notice, uh, I mean, when you looked over there and he said that and they panned to, to uh, uh, Chain yeah. and she had that. Uh, I, I really want a spinoff of Blood Blockade Battlefront that is just about the adventures of Chain and her werewolf squad. Yes. Uh <laughs> Because so far that's the closest to a ter- to like a dirty pair uh, sequel that we've gotten. Wow, that, that's a show you brought up that I haven't even thought about in years. Like, yeah, that would be like that whole squad is extremely like eighties female adventure action. <laughs> um, yeah, and I need more of it. Uh, because even even them just drinking at a bar is really fun to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> it was it was also kind of a, a also kind of a neat and in character way of keeping Chain out of like the confrontation with the giant, with like you know the giant mutated real. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was a really fun and clever excuse to. Like keep her from just solving it immediately and letting Leo and Supersonic actually uh, get yep. some heroics in. Speed monkey, girl monkey. Yeah, yeah. So like Leo and Sonic play Fantastic Voyage inside the body of uh, Super Giant, Super Giant mutated Rio. Yeah, I also really like the character they introduced specifically for this arc. That's just a flea that built himself like a robot that he rides around on. Oh, it's even crazier than that. He's actually a he's actually a bacterium who. Oh built, right, he's a who bacterium built, who built himself a flea suit, and then <laughs> built, suit. and then built another robot around the flea suit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love when this show gets just extremely weird with with its character ideas. <laughs> Yeah, this show actually weird is good. So uh, right. I can't I can't give them sixes, but can I give them sixes anyway? Yeah, I I'll definitely give both these episodes five. five. I really liked them. Yeah, uh, I mean this is the, the 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 chain thing at the end that was that all by itself. The look on her face and then Zap winding up in the hospital that was that was worth the six right there because yeah. that's what she gave him was the six deep six. <laughs> Six six feet under. Yeah. Uh, Judy Tyson, episodes 9 through 10. Which, like, actually were actually fairly good. And sort of illustrates what I wish this show had been more like in the first place. Because we get a lot of character development for Tiger. At first I'm like, oh great, we're going to get a lot of character development. Then she's just going to immediately die. And while she does die in episode 10, like, she 
does something that most other characters don't get to do before they die, and that she actually gets to have some meaningful character interaction with Ox that right. actually makes her death matter, at least emotionally. Um, my main issue with how Janie Tyson is structured is that, you know, we learn the backstories of every all these characters, but a lot of time it just feels pointless because they don't have any meaningful interaction with the rest of the cast. They're mostly just reduced to spouting exposition and then getting killed off. But, you know, what made, like, Monkey and Tiger so unique is that they actually do get to have, like, actual character interaction with like other people in the cast like during the time that the plot is happening uh, it's the main issue i had with uh the dragon twins and that like their sort of their backstory was you know fine but also it didn't really serve a purpose or add any extra meaning to the story for me whereas Tiger's backstory, like Monkey's, actually does add some meaning because it grants context and additional weight to her actions with Ox. And it, it made it made that backstory matter. And I wish Junie Tyson was more like Monkey's episode and these two episodes, and less like sort of the generic show it's been. Yeah, they also they also had some interesting tactics. Yeah, with like uh, Ox trying to hint uh, at the the freeze the freeze tactics without giving it away to the undead, like desperately hoping that Tiger will figure it out. Yeah, and. Yeah, and I like Tiger's backstory too. It was that was actually that was super yeah, interesting because it because it showed like you know because like yeah because I was thinking like all the previous episodes I thought Tiger was going to be like such a thin character and that okay yeah she just like you know she gets power she gets power from being drunk but no it turned out no there there's like there's a story behind why she drinks all the time. And yeah, it's that she's basically she's basically suffering from serious PTSD. Yeah, it's interesting because it makes her kind of the polar opposite of Monkey and that Monkey's whole deal was that despite the sort of hopelessness that this universe can instill in people, Monkey kept doing her best to try and stop conflicts. You know, and, and she kept being optimistic even when she could clearly see her plans going up in flames and, like, sort of having unintended consequences. Whereas Tiger, when she sees the reality of the world, it breaks her. Uh, and she decides just, like, if she can drink enough to just not have to think about it anymore, then that is better. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of... <clears throat> It's kind of it's it's an interesting coincidence that the two characters where they actually seem to go through some effort to give them characterization also happen to be mirrors of each other. 
Um, also, uh, also sort of a good sign in episode 10 is that they seem to be trying to give Ox some characterization as well, uh, which is good because he's probably, he's pretty much going to be the last one standing <laughs> that isn't like a walking corpse. Uh, so it's a good thing that they're trying to make him a lot more interesting than just like the dude who is good at fighting. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like, uh, yeah, actually after this episode, it's just down to, uh, ox rabbit and rat. Yeah. Cause of course rabbit has to still be alive even after being diced into millions of pieces. Um, but right. yeah, all, I'll give episode nine of four and ten of five. Uh, yeah. Actually, I'll give them both fives. Alright, uh, moving on to Inuyashiki, episode eight. Uh, where exactly what I figured would happen did happen. Um. Yeah, the police break into where, uh, Shishigami is hiding out. And yeah, gun down the grandma and daughter for zero reason. <laughs> collateral uh, damage. It's not even collateral damage. They're not even aiming for him. Like the the dot the granddaughter isn't even like leaping in front of bullets to protect. Uh, uh, no, they just to protect hero. They just they just decide. They, they just indiscriminately shot up the entire place. Not yeah, the caring, police not caring who would get caught in the crossfire. Oh. What's even what's even sillier is that like it's not like they're standing outside and just firing into the house and hoping they hit something. Like right before the shooting starts, they show like multiple police officers like pointing their guns directly at the grandma and her the grandma like has her hands up. So it's like it's just so dumb. <laughs> It's like, don't shoot, oops, wrong words. And, and so just so just blatantly manipulative on the show's part. Um, I, I hate those blatantly manipulative. Yeah, yeah although it seems that although it seems that uh, Shishigami after he got them after he got them out was able to heal them up using his cyborg powers. Is is that is that what they, happens? Because they show up later at the end of the episode. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Uh, except that he's moved on and decided to just declare war on the police. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know, like, this 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 path line for the plot is super uninteresting to me. I hate how they got there through just extremely artificial means that feel just designed to be emotionally manipulative and use like the use characters as a body count motivation uh i don't know i just don't like the structure of how inuyashiki is going we'll see like apparently i because i checked uh because the entire manga, well almost the entire manga is on uh, actually Crunchyroll uh, and I believe we're somewhere around volume 5 if not done with volume 5 I want to say uh actually I think <laughs> I think it's even further from that 
Yeah, but, we might we might be on volume six. I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, we're pretty far in, and there are only like ten volumes. Um. So it was still a good idea for me not to watch any more of this. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, we're we're even past volume six, I think. Yeah. What? Yeah. So what was what? Okay. Yeah. So the thing with Shishigami, I think yeah, they could have done that better, but it wasn't bad for me. Uh, however, what was interesting about this episode is how it gets into uh, it gets into Inuyashiki's daughter. And, uh, like, shows how, she, you know, she starts, like, following him around. And uh, Yeah, that was a weird plot line. <laughs> yeah, and she's, like, she starts figuring, like, she's, like, because she sees, like, uh, Inuyashiki and Ando, you know, on the subway. And she's, like, what's up with that? And so she, uh, and so she follows them to try and figure out what their deal is, and gets more than she bargained for. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so it looks like, uh... Yeah, this episode, I believe, actually finished up Volume 6. So it's actually really not that far from the end. There's only 85 chapters. Yeah, they're, uh... Yeah, so... Yeah, because, uh... You also... Also, this episode foreshadowed, uh... There's a meteor coming. So, Inuyashiki's got more to do. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll probably watch it to the end just because I feel like to properly critique this show, I need to get the full context. Um, but I'm skeptical. Um... Yeah, I, I'm certainly a lot more skeptical than when I started with it. Uh, so we'll see. Um, I'll give this episode a... That's an interesting number. I'll give it a two. I will give it a three. Yeah, because I, I just don't care for how they got to um, this motivation for Hero. And also I just super don't care about Inuyashiki's daughter <laughs> she's kind of a jerk um next up is land of the lustrous episode nine eight through nine uh which man that was a hell of a couple of episodes oh yep. the end of the episode the end of episode eight was a gut punch yeah so episode eight um ends with uh Fos, like uh, getting a getting new arms in the in the form of a liquid metal gold platinum mixture, uh, gold platinum alloy that can do all sorts of weird ter like weird Terminator Two shit, uh, and then also Antarcticite uh, is shattered and gathered up by the Luminarians, never to be seen again. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and then, and then, episode nine is a time skip where everyone is introduced to the new badass foes, <laughs> and it's a really effective time skip. And, and, um, and Bort is not happy. 
Yeah, no. Um, and, like, honestly, Fos isn't particularly happy either. Right. Because... Like, like she, she got what she wanted. Everybody loves her now, and she's good at fighting. But also, she's sacrificed way too much to get there, and, and all is suffering now. <laughs> and, unfortunately, her, most of her good memories are gone. Now... Yeah, like, she's basically completely forgotten about Cinnabar. Well... The thing that gets me, and what I was trying to understand is when she destroyed that last one, she was staying there with pieces of green crystal in her hands. Is it every time that she uses the gold and it, it, it's destroying the uh, destroying her crystal? Is that yeah. what I got? Yeah, that's what I got yeah. out of that. Yeah, because the problem is that like her like like her like her phosphophyllite parts are very weak. And uh, break easily, but her and her uh, gold platinum parts are very heavy. Yeah. So, so, so what happens? Saying. So what happens is, is that every time she like exerts, you know, exerts herself with her like gold platinum arms, uh, the weight causes her like causes her old like her old parts to crack. Yeah, and it creates micro fractures. So basically, she's going to come apart one of these days. Well, she keeps. What happens is that every time she fights, she keeps coming apart and then getting put back together. Yeah, I mean, essentially, Phos is right now like a living ship of Theseus. Okay. We're like, we're like, eventually, you know, if things keep going on the way they are, the original Phos won't exist anymore. But yeah, it's it, yeah, well. The Lustrous is doing really interesting stuff. Yeah, because I'm I'm interested to see what this uh, new Fos is like, uh, because uh, like I said, Bort is not happy. I also like that they even she even changed her hairstyle to look more serious. Yeah. But yeah, I am really excited for the direction this show is going in. Um, so I'll give both of these episodes fives. Yes, I agree. Yes. All right, and we are finally done here yes. with the reviews. Um, I don't have any listener questions unless you do. Uh, well, it's not really listener questions, but they are listener tweets. Uh, oh, yes, I should probably... Right. Yeah, because Fanimals Blue had some opinions... Well, about things we said on the uh, on episode, gosh, what was it? Uh, I think three forty nine. Yeah, three forty nine. Uh, yeah. So, um, I made a uh, I made a tweet about how I am sort of souring on uh, Inuyashiki and Fanless Blue up. Uh, replied i'll expect my you are right as always now i'll permanently drop dragon ball super and watch hunter x hunter on on air apology any day now oh and while we're at it the fabulous blue is always right while we're at the fabulous blue is always right angle i listened to the first few episodes of that kimono friends podcast yesterday and heard you mention that ben described it as the dark souls of anime ben doesn't play video games that was me baby i demand recognition 
I apologize, Fabulous Blue, for mis for mis uh, attributing yeah. that yes. comparison. Yes, my description when I described uh, Kimono Friends, I pointed out the a note of existential despair. Right. Okay. So, yeah, so we, were, I apologize we were on the same on track, air. but with different references. I apologize on air to Fabulous Blue for accidentally replacing you with Ben. Well, at least you didn't uh, also, replace him with me. <laughs> he continues, Also, during the last podcast, when you talk about my wonderful tastes regarding Land, Lust, MMO, and Girls' Last Tour, you gave credit for Ben getting you into a Hunter x Hunter. The only reason he repeatedly talked about it was because I constantly waxed lyrical in the comments. I'm taking that, too. No, you don't get that. It was Ben himself. You may have talked about it constantly, but Ben was the one who finally convinced me to watch it. So you can't take that. Yo, I posted I posted a complete episode guide to Hunter he Hunter. Did. He did. He he Ben put the work in, buddy. <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna sit back here. Uh, popcorn's almost done. Uh, I, I then I then told him that uh, I don't want his head to get too big, and he said, uh, "Oh, there's always room to grow." Listen, I don't ask for much. I just want to be officially put into podcast lore that I make more of an impact on the show than Larry and Ben put together, despite never ever being on it. Plus, I want to permanently mount stern-looking photographs of myself above each of their monitors so that each time they record the show, they're reminded of the fact as my eyes chastise them like some kind of specter at the feast. Rejected. Rejected. Simple demands, he says. Careful. Not happening. Be careful what you wish for. <clears throat> tell, tell, tell you what, Fabulous Blue. I'll start watching Love Live if you start if you start watching Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> uh, anyway, what have like you let deer. yourself in for? <laughs> That almost sounded Look, like it's fine. Deer. There are less episodes of Love Live than are than there are Dragon Ball Super. This is actually in my favor. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, Yeah, actually I may start getting back into Dragon Ball Super. Uh Hell yeah. Wait, I I will when the dub catches when the dub gets to past the point where I stopped. Oh, okay, all right. Because yeah, I'm not going to watch the subs anymore. I'm going to watch the dub. Yeah, I, I have a friend, uh, Zach, who's doing the same thing. He's watching the dub. I'm like, uh, <clears throat> but I want to talk about Dragon Ball Super with someone. <laughs> Uh oh well, I'm all alone here. Uh, sorry, uh, we tried. Uh, we're anyway, very, we're very uh, now, trying. Just ask anybody. Huh? Yeah. Uh, now that I'm done filleting Fathomless Blue on air, um, this that'll be it for this episode of Vodcast. Filleting or filleting? I'm <laughs> both. Um, <laughs> um, poison. As yeah, as always, you can. You can send us comments or questions uh, either at www.projectharhi.net, at www.audioentropy.com, by sending us an email at podcast at projectharhi.net, or just sending me a series of tweets, because I'll just read them on air, because why not? Uh, Yes, you can tweet me at DeathSlinky. You can tweet me at StillsTheGM. And you can find me under a rock. All right. I'm going to go to sleep. 
Hey, Three, son. two, one. Kitterbush. Bye.